Hello, and welcome to Leather Talk with Mr. Bullet Leather 2020. I'm your host, Brandon. Over the last year or so, Leather Talk has sparked sort of an online community. And over that time, I've had the pleasure of getting to know so many incredible people. This week, I'd like to feature a friend of mine who I actually met through Leather Talk. He's a bear, he's a pup, and he holds the title of Mr. Bear LA 2020. I can't wait for them to share their story with us. So let's sit back, relax, and get ready for some more Leather Talk. This is Brandon, your Mr. Bullet Leather 2020, and today we have David Bear. Hi, David. Hi, Brandon. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, you're the first person I'm having in real life, so this is kind of scary. I'm like, you're a real person in front of me right now. I know, we're six feet away, and I've only ever seen this room in the Zoom, so it's kind of just like, this is what Oz looks like. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Well, David, for those who may not be familiar with you, would you mind introducing yourself, please? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So like Brandon said, my name is David. Online, I go by David Bear. Um, Depending on what app you know me from, I'm some variation of Cub Pidgeotto. Um, If you go in the Pup apps, I'm Pup Venture. Um, And I'm doing the thing Brandon told me to do, which is not to say a lot of ums, but I'm also (laughs) Mr. Bear LA 2020. And I'm also 28 and male. Uh, I also ramble when I'm nervous, so I do apologize for anybody that's listening to this. Uh, I know, you think you won't get nervous in front of a mic, but as soon as we hit record, you will. Like, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, so, David, the one of the main reasons why I have you on is because um, I actually, okay, so one of my last nights at the, the Eagle before the shutdown, I had one of the most memorable nights of my life and it wasn't anything like kinky necessarily or sexual but there was just like this energy that night at the eagle and it was the it was your competition and you know i don't remember seeing you there but but i was having a good time and i saved one of the posters ripped it off the wall and now it's been hanging next to my bed just above my lube and dildos and butt plugs and so i've been masturbating next to you for a whole year (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, I'm a little offended you didn't see me because I was very noticeable. I, If you paid any attention to the competition, I was either walking around with a decapitated stuffed elephant above my pelvic region, or I was on stage in a floor-length green gown at one point. I was very hard to miss. So how you missed me? Well, it's Brandon. So find, find penis, insert joke. <laughs> uh, so David, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from originally? Uh, So originally, I'm from this tiny little town on the edge of L.A. and Ventura County called Simi Valley. Um, We're known for having three movie. Well, it's it's down to two, but three movie theaters, two bowling alleys, a laser tag, the Reagan Library. And we were the host of the it was a very famous trial that led to the L.A. riots. So we're not known for good things. (laughs) It's and a handful of churches. I've played for a bunch of churches up there. Probably. You probably played at one of, one of the two churches that I went to as a child. 
Well, let's talk about that. Uh, well, first of all, you said you identify as a gay man. Um, so I identify myself more as queer. Okay. Because I am more attracted to the person. Like, I don't want to use the identifier of bi or pan because bi, for some reason, has a lot of negative connotations to it. Because a lot of people are like, oh, no, bisexual means that there's two set, you know, two genders. So there's no right. Yeah. Binary. Whereas and then like pan, I feel like it tends to get more of this straight leaning feel to it. Like you can say, oh, yeah, I'm pan. And it's typically when you talk to somebody not in the community, it's more of like a straight couple who occasionally fool around with, you know, a third and they all interact with each other. Okay. So for those who don't understand, because I've had a lot of questions about this for from a lot of my straight friends, um, especially the ones that I grew up with in high school, what does it mean to identify as queer and what does it mean for you? To me, it just means being myself mostly. It's just not going with, you know, what's a norm, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't really think I fit in the straight mold. I don't necessarily 100% think I fit in the gay mold. And so I just kind of like float in between and it's just more fun that way because i don't necessarily put myself in a singular box so when did you figure out that you were queer or something other than straight um more on the like eight or later end of my teen years because i had a girlfriend through the latter half of high school and it was a very kind of interesting on again off again situation through her time in college because i am a community college dropout um and so it was just a lot of i've always enjoyed gay porn more so it's like that kind of fantasy turns me on more but like i'm not going to say no to you know being romantically involved with someone who's female identifying okay so i mean did you have the experience of like going on a date and then coming home and jacking off to gay porn kind of thing or I would just do it every night kind of a thing. Like (laughs) I had my little laptop and like that was was what I would go on. Like I would go on Xtube and I'd go to the gay section because I don't know about you, but to me watching porn, the gay porn seemed more real, if that makes any sense. Because like if you watch straight porn, it's always very much... Oh no, Mr. Pizza Man, I don't have any way to pay for this. Is there anything else I can do? Whereas gay porn, it's very much just like an interaction and then all of a sudden, oh, there's a penis in an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I can't say I've watched too much straight porn, to be honest with you, but I can tell you like, if any of you have watched gay porn and you see where like the two guys meet eyes and they like look into each other's eyes for just like a half second too long and then they just find a bathroom and they're fucking it's pretty real i mean it's, it's oh it's hard although it was kind of funny because i also listened to um amp and christopher's podcast uh what's the what's your safe word uh-huh. and so mr christopher used to work in the porn industry for probably as long as i've been alive probably as long as you've been alive too because we're about the same age and so he'll give little like behind the scenes things and one of the things i clocked on early was there's a very specific time period in gay porn where you could tell who was going to be the top versus the bottom based off who got the blowjob first. Mm. Like if you were going to be receiving first, then you were usually the bottom. And then the person who was giving was usually the top. <laughs> like it's it's one of those weird little nuancey things that like only the weird kid would notice. But it's like, oh, no, that's a thing. So, I mean, um, I mean, I don't want to get too much into like your, your family or anything, but I do want to know about 
because you did mention that you were a, a recovering Catholic of sorts. I mean, I'm Catholic. I was brought up Catholic. I don't go to the Catholic Church anymore. But what, what's been your experience like with that whole thing? So my family, we were not, we're we're above we're a level above that we call them the ceos in my family the christmas and easter onlys like we would go to church okay. every weekend and i had to go through i'm sure you had to go through you know catechism as well all throughout up until confirmation mm-hmm. and then once confirmation hit it's like you're an adult now and also i happened to be doing things on the weekends through high school because i was a giant marching band nerd so all of our competitions are on saturdays and so i got to just kind of gradually fizzle out of going But it was never like a super duper like this is our core type of thing. Okay. But I did like there's one part in me that like always comes to memory as the like what's going on here. And it was there was one time where we were at church and in Catholic mass there's always a homily after I forget which part because I literally just stepped foot in a Catholic church. We could go today Mm -hmm. for the first time in 10 years. So I don't I'm not familiar with the uh process anymore other than stand up sit down sing stand up sit down sing um and it was just it was an entirely political thing and i was just like why is the priest spending 20 minutes talking about this thing that i don't know what it is and i just remember it very distinctly because he had a very distinct voice and the way he would say it and he was talking about euthanasia and he just Mm. spent like 20 minutes talking about this and i was just like what does this have to do with us being here right and so i was just like the the and the whole religious thing is not a so did you find that experience you know just recently similar to what your experience was as a child growing up like did you see it that way growing up well the so that happened when i was a child recently i i wish i could say i went to church for better reasons i went for a funeral but it's still a very the mass structure is very similar they just replace a couple of things with the part about you know the deceased um, but it was just very much like has this feel of like, oh, you're not part of this thing. So it's like you're still welcome here, but because we're part of it, we're better. Yeah. So to speak. Yeah. Uh, and it was just like, I don't like that kind of thing. So what was the internal? I mean, was there any internal struggle with your spirituality as a kid figuring out that you're queer and like coming out or whatever that journey was like personally i'd say no because i've always been the weird person so like queer and weird you know synonymous yeah. synonyms for each other um so it's always been kind of easy-ish for me but also like as a child like greco-roman and egyptian mythology were two of my three of my favorite things so i'm constantly being bombarded by these imagery of you know naked people mm-hmm. <laughs> especially very good looking naked people like how my parents didn't realize there was some sort of queerness about me when my favorite book as a child was a Jason and the Argonauts book where they're all <laughs> in like loincloths. Yeah. <laughs> like literally my grandma read that to me so many times that when I graduated, she like wrote a little note in it and gave it to me as a gift. <laughs> like <laughs> Basically being like, I've read this to you so many times, you know, here's a thing for you. I hope it, you know, continues to inspire your love of reading. Like, <laughs> like that, that whole kind of thing. And it was entirely... Like, I just recently found the book and flipped through it. And I was just like, yeah. Homoerotic, Yep, 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 yep. (laughs) Now, so you said that you, like, started figuring this stuff out in, like, high school, right? So um, what about your friends? Do any of your friends from high school know about your life now? 
No, because we in high school, you know how after you graduate high school, there's like two or three friends that you, you are, hang on to. Right? Yeah, you hang on to the rest kind of. It's all like we're going to stay friends forever. And then you never see each other. Yeah. Again. And then it's just, you know, that cue the end of the movie part where it's like sepia tone. And it's like they never did stay friends forever. <laughs> so like there's I've got one good friend from high school who I'm still constantly not constantly because she's absolutely terrible at responding. Um, but that I still stay in contact with. She's my best friend. I've literally known her since preschool. Like it's a weird story. Like we met. Then we went to different schools. Then we met again and became friends. And it's just like we've known each other for going on 20 years now. So what was her reaction to you questioning your sexuality? Or did you ever bring that up with her? It, it, when, I, when I did finally start coming out to all of my friends, they're just like, uh, and? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, Because I've always been, if you watch me talk, I'm very flamboyant. And I also have to fidget. Part of that I blame for being Italian. We talk with our hands. Like we, we're very passionate about things. But I just... I have the mannerisms where everyone constantly assumes things. <laughs> so okay. it's just like, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Like, I remember my first group of friends that I was like, hey, yeah, I identify. At the time, I was saying bye. But it was like, yeah, I identify as bye. My one friend got really mad at me because of the fact that he had to learn at the same time as everybody else. And mm. I didn't tell him ahead of time. <laughs> like, otherwise, everyone was just like, yeah, we've been waiting. <laughs> I've always been like just dumbfounded about that reaction. Like, oh, how come you didn't tell me first? It's like, this isn't about you. <laughs> well, stop making it about you. <laughs> you know. Well, in his defense, he's also one of my best friends. Like the type of friend where we don't talk for like six months at a time, then we get back together, and it's like we share a brain. Yeah. And he is a flaming homosexual, so he's just like, okay. I should have known first. Okay. Well, yeah, I can I can see that, but you know, everybody has their own how they come out. You know. Um, but yeah, that's really awesome. And I have to say, like, I think maybe your vision of yourself is more flamboyant, but I honestly see a very masculine presenting person in front of me, maybe because I'm comparing yourself to to me. I mean, I do dress like a straight bro. Well, dad. I, yeah, funnily enough, I've been told that I dress like a dad, which I'm mildly okay with. <laughs> okay. Like, literally this morning, I was getting ready to go out and do some uh, chores, and uh, my cub had spent the night with me. And I went and put a hat on. And he's like, oh, it's a dad hat. And I was like, what? What makes it a dad hat? You're telling me I look like a dad? And he's like, no, no, no. It's a compliment. It's a compliment. <laughs> I'm like, oh, right. Sure it is. And then I turn around and go, get in the car. We're going to Disneyland. You're getting a turkey leg and a soda. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so we can call you daddy, maybe. I mean, I have been told that I give off daddy vibes. Before, <laughs> and that may or may not have anything to do with the fact that hunter green is one of my favorite colors. Oh, Oh, if you don't know, hunter green is the the daddy color. Right. Um, so let's talk about sex a little bit. Um, and we'll we'll circle back, but I'm curious to know about your first sexual experience uh, with, I guess, with another person. So my first sexual experience with another person was kind of the typical queer kid having a friend over moment. Okay. Where it's like you're they're sleeping over and it's like let's do some it's like you know late enough where your parents say turn off the tv and we were actually uh in my house and we would set up a tent in the backyard because we would go tent camping because um, mm-hmm. my family is weird um but and it was just like okay we're out of stuff to watch it's late we want to do stuff let's play truth or dare and it's like okay well i dare you to suck my dick it's like oh i dare you to suck my dick and it's like it, it that moment Wait, hold up 
this escalated really quick. So. <laughs> oh yes, that that was my legitimate like first experience with anything. Wait and, a second. Okay, so this didn't start off with. You, that was the first challenge. No, it leads up to that, obviously. But it's like okay. that's how you know the culmination. It's like okay, I dare you to do this. I dare you to do that. Now, how old were you at this point? Middle school, so okay, tw- 11, 13 ish. Okay, it's so funny because I think we a lot of us have similar experiences. I myself had a friend, and I was like, not fortunate enough to have friends that were willing to explore like that with me, but. Mm-hmm. I had a couple of friends where we would like play video games or whatever. And for some reason or another, I just felt the need to be like, oh, if I win this, this round, uh, like you have to take a piece of clothing off. Right. And we'd always get down to like our underwear and then we would like gay chicken out. Oh, oh, so you would play strip games. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Somehow I never got invited to those. So... Yeah, I could just I didn't I just never did it because I think I was so mentally blocked by Catholicism, really. Mm-hmm. My my spirituality, I was very very spiritual. I mean, I still consider myself to be spiritual, but I would say religious, you right. know, at the time. And what about your now? Well, well, the funny thing is after that, I didn't have any sort of experience until after I was 18. Now, did you think about those experiences all until you're 18 or no it was just kind of it happened it was done and then my girlfriend at the time in high school like we were together but we didn't do anything partially because i'm one of those people who even though i don't have terrible luck i think i have terrible luck Mm -hmm. so i'm just like okay i'm older than her only by six months but i'm just like we're not doing anything until both of us are 18 that way you know if like we're at her house and her mom walks in i'm not oh, gonna get in you're trouble, not gonna get in trouble. <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah. okay we're both adults at this point and it's just like and also i just kind of progressed very slowly like i didn't even actually kiss anybody until i was 17 17 16 junior um but yeah so it's just like a very slow progression on everything and then i hit the ground running <laughs> or well i hit the ground running about 2015 ish when after i went to my first pride okay because that was that was a time <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so let's talk about your, or, like, relationships now. Do you have any long-term relationships um, currently? Not really. Like, I was single for a long time. Like, my, my longest relationship was with my ex-girlfriend, who we were together officially for about two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Like, we got together junior year of high school. We had a, like, semi-unofficial breakup type thing, like, the year after we graduated. Um, and then we were kind of on, it was a weird on again, off again situation until she had graduated college. And then I kind of just said enough and for my own mental health, like cut her and a big friend group out of my life. So that way it could be like, you know what, this is not healthy. I'm not allowing myself to go on and meet other people because I'm latching onto this. So just done. You needed a fresh start. Yeah. I just needed a something new. And so I did that. Um, I've had a relationship with another man for, I had it for about a year. Uh, Interestingly enough, it melted down and we broke up like a month before the pandemic. Um, so it was very much like we did that. And then I was alone for a little bit and then the pandemic hit. Yeah. (laughs) And so now I've got like, I call him my cub. He's a little young guy that we interact with each other. It's sexual. And it's also just like, he's my little version. 
like he's a tiny little bear and i'm like i'm a mr bear so i'm like you come here i will i will protect you this is my baby <laughs> i will destroy you if you look at him funny <laughs> so let's talk about your preferences for um so you identify like body type wise and and everything as like a bear would you say yeah yeah definitely if you hold up <laughs> have you ever seen family guy where they hold up the card with like the colors on it next to peter to try to see you know if he's okay to pass the bridge or not okay if you held that up and it had a picture of a bear next to me i'd get that to would go be through. you yeah. yeah i always thought it was so funny because uh there was this meme once that i scrolled past and it said it said like gays don't put me in a box and then it's like the next picture is also gays and it has all the categories like bear twink otter oh, entirely. <laughs> but they all fit into them so well <laughs> Like, and you can be multi-boxual. Boxual? Is that a word? I don't know. But, yeah. But yeah, it's like you can be, you know, a twink and an otter. You can be this and that. You can be whatever you want to be. It's just whatever <laughs> you decide to call yourself. My mother told me I could be anything I want to be when I grow up. And I said, I'm going to be a bear. <laughs> I was going to say, so you said you were going to be a flaming homosexual. <laughs> that too. <laughs> yeah, I just, I also, I latched onto the bear community because one of my first events that I ever went to at a gay bar was B-Bar, which if you don't know what that is, that pre-pandemic was Bear Bar, which was Thursday nights at the Eagle, hosted by Don Mike, who, if you listen to this, you've heard who Don Mike is. And it was just, it was such a non-confrontational kind of night, where it's mm -hmm. just like everyone was hanging out. It wasn't like, you know, the typical leather bar thing where it's like, oh no, there's people here. They're going to see that this is my first time. I'm going to get hurt. <laughs> you know, that that kind of thing it's like everyone right and I, i've said this in like our zoom meetings before there's a progression for like leather bars which is basically you're afraid to go you think about going you don't go and you finally go you realize it's not anything like what you thought it was and then you have a great time and love it yeah yeah that's definitely my experience i had to talk had had to had had a few talks with like motivational talks with people before i had the courage to like step out into like leather in real life, you know? So that bear event, that was your first technically leather bar experience then? Yeah, unless you count, um, may she rest in peace, Gold Coast, uh, a leather bar, which I don't think you would because it was in WeHo. But um, yeah, that was- Well, the... I don't know if they have a title. No, but either. I don't think you have to have a title to be a leather bar. That's true, that's so, true. So like it, Gold Coast was like my first leather bar, which is- from my understanding, more of like a divey type bear type bar, yeah. Um, which I went to at Pride, so there was all manner of people under the sun there that night. But yeah, that was that night at B Bar was my first time at a leather bar after being prodded and like asked to go a couple of times. So how did you find yourself there in the first place? So, like many stories, it begins in the great before time, and by that I mean before the pandemic. Um, BC, so, <laughs> yeah, before pandemic or BP, probably oh. not the best. <laughs> <laughs> but so I had heard of the Eagle from a couple of different places. So there's actually, uh, if you'd like to get into Kinks Gone Wrong, which kind of ties into it, we'll get into that later. Okay. <laughs> but um, so I had been told about the Eagle and the Bullet, and I think it was just the Eagle and the Bullet from this one person I had met off an app who plays into the Kinks Gone Wrong story. And then I just never did anything with that. And then for some reason, I don't know what possessed me, I wanted a harness as one does and as one always does they purchase a bulldog as their first one uh so someone told me oh go to rough trade this is where you get it so i go there and i don't think he works there anymore but there used to be a very attractive bear looking man named nabor who worked there 
Um, and he helped fit me with my harness, flirted, all the fun, you know, all, all the fun things we come to expect of a leather store. And was totally like, oh, you should check out this night at the Eagle. It's right down the street. Yeah. And so I was just like, uh, it's kind of late tonight. I've got work in the morning. And I think it was also that night or it was the next day. It, this was five years ago at this point. But so I went the next time they had B-Bar and it was just like, I enjoy this. I can do this again. Of course, if you've ever been to B-Bar, one of the hallmarks of a B-Bar is that they have their bare chest contest at midnight, which basically means up until about, I think it's 1130, Don Mike is running around trying to get everyone (laughs) to be like, he'll literally come up and go, hi, do you want to be in our bare chest contest? It's like, what does that entail? Get up on stage and take your shirt off. Uh, um, I'm kind of, no, 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 thank you. (laughs) I just got here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And he's still been asking me. It's been five or six years and he still still asks me. But yeah, so that was my first event. And it was actually really fun because I'm a shy person. And so I literally just, Took up my phone, started playing on it at the bar. If you know anything about the Eagle, there's the, you know, beer taps. And if you turn literally turn a 180 from there, there's the stage. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if they could just tell that I was shy or new or whatnot, but both the bartenders were super cool and were just like, what are you doing? And like one of them came over and like sat drink a dr- drink down in front of me like, here, take this shot and this shot. And it was just <laughs> like, that was it. But then once they actually had the contest, I sp- spun around to start watching and for whatever reason, Don decided to pick on me and be like, okay, because part of it is he'll always be like, what's your dirtiest, sexiest fantasy? And so he was pointing at me and say, tell me what you would do to him. Oh. <laughs> Whether or not Don Mike remembers this or not, I do not know. He also somehow encouraged them all to throw their shirts at me because I kept getting to be the person who would get tossed the shirts to. Oh, Wow. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> okay, so what was the dirtiest fantasy? Do you remember? I don't know. I remember someone trying to say that they were going to top me, and I just remember shouting back at them, Oh, no, sweetie, I'm a top. It's you that's going to be bottoming. <laughs> and you say it with the lisp and the hand. And the if I, had, if I had known how to clack a fan and owned one at that time, I probably <laughs> would have too. I love it. So, I mean, that wasn't a scary experience for you necessarily. You went back. Right. Yeah, it was... And same thing, kind of thing with the bullet. It was just like when you when you Google these places, you always see the pictures that are in the dark, and it's always yeah. like looks very seedy and dingy. But then you actually go there, and it's like you run into people like Brandon, or <laughs> like, like me. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm the best example of what you would run into at the bullet. Yeah, but, but... it's like smiling faces, and it's yeah. not like this tough macho like leather exterior. It's like oh, this is like a neighborhood type thing. So but... was that surprising to you? Very, because I was totally expecting, like, you know, what you see in gay porn of Leatherman and, yeah. and you know, just people in gay bars in general that weren't in WeHo. Yeah. Because up until that point, my experience was going to the drag shows in WeHo, okay. which is fun to do. But it's also like if you're not part of that crowd, it's very much like you're not always I don't want to say you're not always welcome, but you definitely can feel like other like if you don't fit into the mold. Okay. It's very much like, oh, okay, I'm not a 32 inch waist with either, you know, low body fat percentage or high muscles, or I'm not on whatever drugs everybody's taking or super duper drunk. I'm just here to watch the sh- watch the drag queens and have a good time. So it's just such a great picture of WeHo. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> no, I think we all have our WeHo face, and we're all just trying to. I think you know when we first come out, at least, or first begin engaging with the gay community. Um, WeHo is obviously like 
the prime example, right? So like right. that's the first place we gravitate to because that's what we know. That's what we see on, you know. Right. It's 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 what I stuff. It's what I refer to as cookie cutters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like you can throw a rock in WeHo and hit <laughs> hit four people wearing short shorts and I'm tank sorry, tops. I'm sorry, people. We love you too. Uh, no, but I okay. So I. I was surprised to find the eagle. I stumbled in there on accident. Um, yes, we've heard this story because you were drunk many times. I was drunk. But yeah, I. it was just such... It was so exciting to me. One, because it was extremely sexual for me. Like walking in, I could feel this sexual energy that I, that I didn't feel anywhere else. But to find out that there was a, a, a subset of people that existed that didn't have to fit the mold, that right. was like eye-opening for me like i i got like i don't know just this rush you know right it's this place where it's like i can be me i don't have to yeah. look like this and people actually think i'm attractive here yeah. and it's not just because they're ooh, i'm a chaser right it's like you can be whatever you want and have a good time but it's also like in i had a train of thought and i lost it i blame you well no <laughs> i you hit on something really interesting you just said you know people actually think i'm attractive here and can you expand on that because i think um i mean i understand what you're saying but like as a twink <laughs> I, I don't know if i under like have that same exact experience okay so i'm sure a large portion of our portion of the listeners are american also i remember where my train of thought was going so i'll circle back around to that um but so a large portion of the listeners are American. So, you know, we have a very specific American ideal of what is attractive and what is beauty and whatnot. And for the most part, it is, you know, the athlete, the, I keep saying 32 inch waist, cause that's kind of the standard, you mm-hmm. know, size, but like the 32 inch waist, low, low body fat, muscular, strong jawline, like all these things that we see in movies and TV and on magazines all the time, you don't really see you know, heavier people or, you know, they call them thick. Uh, You don't see a lot of them around in positive lights necessarily Mm -hmm. or as anything other than comedic relief. Right. It's always like a joke about the fat guy getting up there. Yeah. Or as a a sob story. Or if you do see them and they're the main character, it's always a, a story of, oh, look at them. They overcame their weight issue and now they're skinny. It's like, yeah. Okay. Well, I've, tried that i've tried every kind of thing under the sun to lose weight it never works and the one time i did go to a trainer i literally told him i like the way i look i just don't want to get winded going upstairs Mm -hmm. and if i can get better arms i'm not gonna be mad about that yeah and he was just like all right we can do that and this is talking to like someone who competes in bodybuilder competitions so it's like it's skewed more now towards being accepting of all body types but it definitely has started in the last few years like it's not something that's always been around because like i've always been a heavier set like i learned what husky was at a young age and it always made me feel you know not as attractive as my other classmates or like i would go out and you know play basketball with a couple of my friends and like they'd start taking their shirts off because it was hot and i'd be like i'm gonna jiggle upset or or self-conscious yeah it's like i'm i'm gonna jiggle i don't want to (laughs) so but now i mean when so uh, from your experience then like this play this event at the eagle the bear the bear bar is what it was called um was this one of like the first times that you actually felt like accepted to be bigger or like yeah because it was the the entire event is about 
bears, yeah. which the you know if if you don't know what a bear is, a bear. There's actually a wonderful Big Dipper song where he goes into what a bear is, and I don't remember the exact words, but Google it. Um, but basically, like <laughs> bears typically tend to be either hairier or heavier set, and it's just like more the ideal because there's lots of issues within the bear community, just like every community. Mm-hmm. But the ideal is like. We don't care what type of body you have. Just be you. Like, enjoy yourself. And, like, that night was one of the first times that, like, multiple people found me attractive enough to, like, try and talk to me. Or, like, I'm horrible at recognizing when someone's flirting. (laughs) So, like, hindsight's now, like, oh, those people were trying to flirt with me. Wow. I was just too socially awkward to realize it. That must have felt so good, though. Like, for the first time being, like having that kind of attention in a place like that. Like, you oh. wouldn't go to the Abbey and get that, I'm sure, right? Like, oh, absolutely. If I mean, I, I don't even get that at the Abbey. So. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> if I go to the Abbey, which I can count the number of times I've been to the Abbey on one hand, and I think it's this many. Um, by the way, since this is a, vi- a audio medium, that was three. That was three figures, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, if I go to the Abbey, like, I go and find a corner or a chair because it is always hot, it is always loud, and I don't like the people. Yeah, um... Yeah, it's so funny because like, well, we will stop shitting on the Abbey. We love the Abbey. It's it's there for, for what it's there for. But but you can imagine like if you're listening to this podcast and especially if you're somebody who doesn't have like the six pack or like the bronze, you know, super glowy tan skin, super smooth, like to find a place where you feel like you're hot is like so important. You know, when you came then it wasn't necessarily like that wash of sexual energy it was like this right it was just this like sense of have a good time yeah although i do remember feel, having gone to the eagle a few more times in that first you know kind of five ten trips uh-huh. being a little bit let down okay because you know if you've never gone before and your experience is like stuff you see on the internet then you're gonna see stuff from bars outside of california which have a lot more lax rules uh-huh because, like, in California, you I don't think it's legal to, like, have sex on stage or, like, all the stuff that you see at, like, Chicago or New York or yeah. all these places. So I was just, like, totally ready to see all this stuff. And I was just like, oh, there's porn on the TV. That's about the, you know, <laughs> everything else is kind of, you know, contained or, it's like, contained, hidden, yeah. which kind of makes it a little bit hotter. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah. ooh, this is kind of like a, I'm not supposed to do this. Yeah, it's a no-no, yeah. Uh, yeah, when you think of like a leather bar, you think of just like the raunchy dirtiness of it all. Um, yeah, you expect someone walking around with their dick out and, you know, just all all manner of orifices getting penetrated <laughs> by things. Well, since we're at cake, Okay, so have you had a sense then a sexual experience at a leather bar? Um, well, there is a bar that should remain nameless um, that we are both very familiar with. Okay. That, you know, on some nights will have, you know, a space set up and i may or may not have partaken okay knowing the fact that it's dark in there you may or may not have also been in that tent as well but <laughs> like it, it was also at another event which was bear themed where mm-hmm. it was all about you know just celebrating everybody's body but with like bear in the title yeah and it was just it's a night where you can walk around in your underwear if you want nice which is well known for having their own play parties outside of this bar at private locations and also having pool parties and same kind of thing and then they have the bar night and there's a play space which again 
we are both familiar with this area. Uh, wink, okay, well, wink. give us the dirty details, David. What did you do? How many dicks did you suck? How many orifices did you explore? Sweetie, even in the dark, no one wanted <laughs> I mean, there's definitely, like, there was some cruising going on in the tent, but it's always, I'm much, a little bit more of a voyeur in those situations. Okay. Like, I tend to, like, of course, you know, you walk around with your dick out and you're jerking off. But it's just like, I enjoy what I'm seeing here. I'm going to continue to enjoy this while also pleasuring myself. And so it's just that. And I mean, if, if anything more happens, then it happens. But I never like went in going like, I'm going to put the penis in my oral area. I see. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's let's go about your, your title. Because you do, you're Mr. You're the current Mr. Bear LA, LA Bear LA. Why do I always, I want to say LA Bear? Is it the same? Um, it's you know it's funny because there's two titles for the uh, organization Bears LA. There's my title, which is Mister Bear LA 2020. Okay. And then there's I call him my title cousin because we're the same family, different branches of the tree. Um, who is Alan Gabriel or Alan Onyx, depending on where you find him? Um, who is Mister LA Leather Bear? So they flip it. Okay. Okay. That's just, this is why it's confusing to me. And you would think I would know masturbating next to your poster all right? these. Well, no, so it, it even confuses myself because <laughs> you you don't remember this because you were out changing and I remember what my title run night was like and it was just crazy. But at that night, they had like all the LA title holders come up and it's like, introduce yourself, say what your title is. I got up on stage and said, hi, I'm Mr. LA Leather. And then proceeded to stop myself because <laughs> I'm like, I am not. Alan is. <laughs> and then it actually it happens a lot where people confuse us, even though we look nothing alike. I'm older than him. And we're not even in the same areas of California. Yeah. 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 Well, kind of. We're both in SoCal, <laughs> but he's more Long Very Beach area. People. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, what was that experience like for you? Well, first of all, what made you decide you wanted to run in the first place? So I went to the 2019 contest. Okay. And I was watching it because I was with my ex. Well, I don't think we were official at the time. I was dating him at the time. And we went to go uh, support his friend who was running, who I think came in second or third. And I was just watching them up on the stage, just going, this is interesting. None of them know how to talk on a microphone or have stage presence. I can do this better. Says the guy stumbling in front of the microphone. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I just talk fast. <laughs> I just, I have one of those brains that works faster than my mouth does. So a lot of times the words, they're in there. They just don't come out right. Right. Or I'm just trying to search for a single word and it doesn't always work. Okay. So you went to the 2019 competition and what was your experience there? My experience there was that it was hot. It was packed. I can do it better. <laughs> like, I see. Like, okay. literally, that was the main thing that, like, was me wanting to run the next year. It was, like, watching them on stage. Just for the, that, I didn't know anything that in, involved the title or anything like that. I was just like, I can do what they're doing better. Okay. And that sounds extremely cocky, and I'm aware of it. But, like, I was That just, was just your thought at the time. That was just my thought. It was just like, I can do that and better than them. Uh -huh. So I'm going to try. You know, I'm, I'm going to just at least try... I'll have a good time. If I win, I win. If I don't, I don't. And that's all. So what was the following year like then preparing for this? Or did you not prepare, really? I prepared nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally. At I, least lied to us a little bit. Liter <laughs> no, literally, I turned in my application the night it was due. Like, uh -huh. the last night it was due. Gabriel Green, who is the president of Bears LA at the time of this recording, um, 
I think he called me or emailed me like the next day, like literally me and my ex were on, well, ex now, we were together at the time, we're on our way to go get brunch. Funnily enough, not in a gay brunch. We would go to, I think we were on our way to Claim Jumper, actually. Okay. Good brunch, by the way. Um, but so we were on our way there and Gabriel calls me and says, hi, I got your application. Um, so we've had to do some rearranging. So our interviews are today. Can you be at the Eagle at one? And you've got like a mozzarella stick in your mouth and you're like, uh, I was on my way there actually. So I was like, (laughs) I'm on my, I'm on my way to brunch right now. So I'm going to eat. Yes, I can be there. And like we went, we had, we scarfed down as much brunch as possible, said goodbye, ran home real quick. Then changed super quick into what I call nice clothing. I don't really believe in nice clothing. I hate nice clothing. So I put on a button down or button up shirt and then some some jeans because I was like, okay, if you go to an interview, you have to wear a collar and you have to wear pants. I cannot wear shorts. Oh, wow. Okay, wait a second. So your interview. Okay. When I was getting interviewed, I was like, I'm going to leather up like I'm getting boots and like my Well, see, that's the fun. Stuff. That's the fun thing about my contest is that. It's not a leather contest. Oh, wow. So we okay. could do whatever we wanted and just have fun with it. Because like, see, I, see. I was emailing Gabriel with some stuff and it's just like, can I do this? Can I do that? You know, what can I? And it's just like, just have fun. Oh, no, no. You know what it was? I didn't email him. I ran into him at the Eagle for a oh, drag race God. viewing. Okay. And I was just like, so this, that, and the other thing, because I'm thinking about running. And he's just like, just have a good time. And I was just like, okay. And then once I submitted everything and I went and did my interview, I was like, shit i now have to come up with all this stuff i've got about a week to do it and i like to have convoluted ideas that i think are just going to be hysterical so i was like okay i have to do this thing which means i need to find a stuffed elephant fuck where do i find a stuffed elephant (laughs) and then i almost had to scrap that oh is this for your fantasy yeah so part of my fantasy was and also i will plug anything that you want me to so I was like, oh, I'm going to plug the association. I'm going to plug the bar. And it was literally just like, I was out at the Eagle LA one night for a Bears LA event. And as I was at the bar, I looked over and I forget exactly what it is, but I'm like, and I had worn my uh, my kilt and harness because that's kind of what I was wearing when I was trying to go out and like be sexy at the time. And so I was like, I ran into this person and they see that I'm wearing a kilt. And so they asked me, are you wearing anything under there? Because, you know, you're not supposed to wear anything under your kilt. So my response in my fantasy is, why don't you go check? And so it then proceeds to say that he reached up my kilt and felt the elephant trunk size thing underneath it, which then in, because for the um, fantasies, uh-huh. You know, they read them out on stage or, or, and you react. Right. So, you, like, Gabriel's out there, like, narrating this and you're acting it out. It was, uh, no, or it somebody's was Don, it. Mike, and I forget what the other host's name is, but they're the ones who did everything. Okay. Who hosted everything. And as they're doing that, I'm up there, you know, hamming it up in my kilt and harness with a very large fupa, which, if you don't know what a fupa is, it is your fat upper pelvic region. So, basically, you know, right above the base of your penis. And so, there's this big you know, bulge. And I did not think to test beforehand of if the trunk was going to be visible or not. And so it wasn't. It was. So I was like, <laughs> oh, shit. And I had to try to tuck it behind my legs. And then when they get to that part in the story, my kilt has snaps on it. So I can just easily tear it open. And so there they say that and I popped open my kilt and there was 
it's a decent sized elephant head. Um, Just strapped to your stuffed crotch. elephant head. Yeah, I had these <laughs> pair of short shorts I got from Rough Trade. I pinned it onto there with a million safety pins and just had it under there and popped it open. The bar laughed for probably about a good two minutes. <laughs> and I was just have like, my whole goal was to just be as camp and as ridiculous as possible. And if I couldn't do anything, I wanted people to remember it and I wanted them to have a good time because I always want to make people laugh. Mm-hmm. And so there was that. And then literally right after that was the part, I call it shaking people down, where you have to, I think they call it the run or something. Basically, they give you a picture and like try to get donations from people. Okay. And so we had to do that. And I was the second contestant. So I had enough time where I could have changed. And I had brought, I brought like five different outfits to that contest because I always over prepare for everything. But so I brought all these outfits and I was totally going to change out of that because that elephant was on with a prayer, Jesus and safety pins. (laughs) And I was just like, you know what? It's going to be funnier if I don't take this off. And so I left it on. And then proceeded to run around the bar for like 10 minutes asking people to donate money and kind of working it into a shtick of like, oh, do you want to pay to feed the elephant? Like all that kind of stuff. And I even lovingly gave him the name of Jumbo, which I think it's a female elephant, but I don't know for sure. (laughs) But his name is Jumbo and he is still attached to those shorts to this day. Oh, my God. That is amazing. So, I mean, okay. so what what was the interview process like? Because you were like... So the interview process was, like I said, so I got a call from Gabriel. It was literally like, hey, two, three hours. Can you beat the Eagle for this? And it was like, yeah, I can make it work and made it work. So I got there. There was myself and two other people running for the title. And so I don't remember how we picked who went, or I think it's just because I was the last one there. I got to go last, but... We all went and you interview before a panel of distinguished judges. And so it was very much just, like I said, I ran home, put on what I considered nice clothes Mm -hmm. because the way I was always raised is like, okay, if you're going to an interview, no matter what it's for, it's got to be like your suit and tie. You you at least need to have pants that go, you know, bottoms that go to the floor and a collar. Doesn't even even necessarily have to have entirely buttons, but it needs to at least have a collar. So, I mean, and we don't need to know the, because I know the interview process is like a private thing that we do outside of the audience. Uh, But did you feel like you had good answers? Did you feel prepared for that process? I, any kind of thing like that, my thing is I don't, I try to prepare as much as possible, but also it's like, okay, I just need to go into it and just be myself. And have fun. Because if I'm going to give you a canned answer, then you can tell I'm giving you a canned answer. Versus if you're asking me, oh, what do you think about this? And I'm just telling you, you know, these are my thoughts. Right. Because I always think, you know, you can have an opinion on something. And then if your opinion needs to change, the nice thing about opinions is they're not facts. They can change. They can change. Exactly. (laughs) So, I mean, once you, once you, um, okay, well, when they announced you as the winner, how did you feel? Um... I mean, I don't want to sound cocky, but I also like... I knew I was going to win. Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> listen, if you saw the rest of the contest, <laughs> it was obvious. Well, I was there, but I didn't see the contest. That's because you were doing other things, Brandon. We all know this already. Who is? It, it was very much a, like, I knew I had it. it, it okay. Like, I was going to be very surprised if I didn't. Okay. Again, that sounds extremely cocky, but... 
if you watch the contest, you, if, if you know, you know. That's what the kids say these days, right? I don't speak youth. If you know, you know. <laughs> I guess, I, sure. I, I don't speak youth. So, you deal with them more than I do. When when you ran for the title or or after you won the title, I mean, did you have any thoughts in mind of what you could or would do with that platform? Well, my first thought was, I need food. I also need to sleep because it was a very, I was hungry and when I'm around big groups of people, like it saps energy out of me. Uh-huh. And then I was just like, okay, I now need to think of things to do. Cause like part of, I don't know about how your, t- your title works. Part of the titles for bears LA is that we're required to host events. So I was like, okay, let's think of some things that I can do. I would prefer if they're like at a bar or something like that. And I want to try to, my biggest thing was I wanted to make things accessible to people and I wanted to try and raise money, which okay. the pandemic kind of threw a monkey wrench into that. Because le- leading up to it, I was planning an event that I was going to have in June at the Bullet that I was calling Lights, Camera, Jockshin, which was going to be, as the name it kind of says, a jock auction where we would literally like kind of like what we did for your event, auction off jock straps from guys just live right off their body. Right. But then pandemic hit. <laughs> Yeah. So I was like, that was my first event. And then I was going to think of something else as after I was done with Wait, that. So did you have that event? No, I didn't end up having it because it was okay. going to be an in-person thing. We ended up having, which you were gracious enough to participate in, um, my mine and Alan's Barathon events, which were, mm-hmm. the idea was to be like like a telethon and just, you know, have people doing acts and just having fun. That was so much fun. I will do that again anytime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and like seeing how your your event worked, I know better ways to do it now because the way we did it was a little well, bit. Well, the only reason my event was better was probably because I was at your event. So we had like already got our feet wet with that kind of thing. Right. Well, like also in just like the hosting of it was different because like we hosted our event through Twitch. Mm-hmm. So it had to be PG. And like it was a little bit harder to interact with people, and you so couldn't drink piss on camera. I guess you couldn't do that anyways. Never mind, erase that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for those of you that didn't get to see Brandon's, uh, you know, bite the bullet event, there was um, several many not PG things. <laughs> one only one of which was live on camera or on air. <laughs> the rest were all pre-recorded. Also, that was art. That was performance art. Okay. Right. Also, Anna, I know you listen to this. I can never get that time back. I've had to watch it four times now. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it was just it was fun to do, especially because like I in those events, it's really funny to say because Alan is very gay, but Alan was the straight man almost to my comedian uh-huh. because he sets himself up so easily for jokes and being read. And it's just like, <laughs> If you're throwing a watermelon down the hallway, I'm going to swing at it. Right, exactly. Like my the fa- my favorite thing that I did to him was that on the first one, we had a little we needed to fill some time, so we did a little bit of a trivia thing. And so I did it with him and uh Gabriel. Both of them kind of failed horribly, which was kind of upsetting because it was like a gay history stuff that they should have known. Um which I think Gabriel did better, but Anyway, so they were so bad, and right before then, me and Alan did a photo shoot for Bear Thug, and they gave us... The nice thing about working with Bear Thug is they'll give you whatever you're modeling for them. They also give you a ton of stickers, like a hat and a drawstring bag. And so I had these stickers ready to go, and so I was just like, you know what? You did such a bad job. You get a sticker. Here you go. And handed him the sticker. And keep in mind, he got the same stickers I did. 
Okay. And then I tell him, you know what? It's yeah, I'm like here you go. You did such a bad job. You get a sticker. He he grabs it and I go, it's scented. He's like, oh really? And goes to smell it. And I'm like, yeah, it smells like a sticker. <laughs> Which kills me because much like myself, he's a fan of RuPaul's Drag Race, and that's a joke from season four. <laughs> like, also, I have none of my own original material. That should be stated. Like, it, it was it was a it was a good time, and uh, it was so good when I first saw you. That was the first time I think I had actually interacted with you, like. On a, we probably crossed paths, but I don't know if I really like. No, that was the second time we'd met. Okay, well, the second like official time because we met at right. pa- at Patty's at one time. Okay, like we only met for about twenty minutes, but we were both. <laughs> well, that's what I, I guess th- yeah. when we had any substantial time together, and when I saw you, I walked in and I only had seen you on the internet before in like the Zoom chat windows at Leather Talk, so I was like, oh my god, like this is a celebrity. Like, you know, when you like see Julia Roberts on the street at Whole Foods or whatever, you're like, right. oh my God, that's what I felt like when I saw you. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm a bear liberty now. I'm cash tagging that. Hashtag bear liberty. <laughs> Patented, trademarked. Uh, so I, out of this whole year, I mean, besides the bearathon, were there any, was there anything that particularly sticks out to you? Something that you're grateful or thankful for with having the title? I mean, I mean, I think it, opened up a better like support system had I then had I just been had I not done it because like I think it kind of thrusted me into a community a little bit because my title is one of the first ones to run in you know leading up to 2020 or leading up to the next year because I think the I think the titles like I think CSW is the first the non-leather bear title is next and then the kind of the next ones go and so I got crowned had it sashed whatever you want to call me in september so like i had all that time and to kind of like and i kind of like forced myself to be like look you've done this thing you now need to go to all these other things and so i like made myself go to you know the regiment title the bullet title the all these other things because like okay i need to go and represent here i also want to see people and have a good time and so like introduced me to a lot more people as well as you know having this other system of people that i could check in with at least once a month and it's just like okay there's other people out there yeah because it's it's really interesting that you've said that because um like having been removed like physically from our watering holes of the bullet and the eagle and all this stuff where we see each other and, and get to interact um like in some ways i'm grateful because we had like weekly online meetings where we got and i feel like like even though this is maybe only the third time we've been physically in front of each other now i feel like i know you somehow because we just see each other every week right like right. on the we, internet it's it's like having a friend for a while like even just from having the zoom meetings and you know the group chat that we all have it's like oh i know these people We've right. got inside jokes. You know, we've we kind of have rapports with each other. By the way, if you want to follow me, follow for Brandon Watch Two K Two One. So we will talk about all of the times Brandon strikes out. Um, <laughs> you can follow me and Pupstar Orion for that. Um, oh God! Um, but yeah, no. And then seeing you at the, it, it's it's so great to kind of come out of this pandemic with, like you said, some kind of support group or some kind of group of friends that you were able to spend that time with. Right, and like people that sometimes you never would have even met mm-hmm. like i don't think i would have hung out with or you know virtually hung out with some of the people from like san diego that are yeah. constantly in the zoom meetings like i never would have been introduced to them 
And now I feel like if I go down there and be like, hey, I'm down here for a night. What can I do? Like they'd be able to, I'm, I'm liking. Yeah. <laughs> um, but sorry, I kind of call myself out. There you go things. for it. Um, Valley girl. <laughs> listen, unlike Angel, I am born adjacent to the valley. So it makes sense for me to say the word <laughs> like a million times. Um, but so, yeah, I can, you know, message them and be like, hey, I'm here for the night. What's going on? Because yeah. like everywhere has different things going on. Pre-pandemic, you know, you could go onto the Bullet or the Eagles website, see what's going on on their on their calendars, or precinct or anything in WeHo. Like you could see what's going on, but you never really get a feel for it unless you talk to somebody from that area. Mm-hmm. So like even going to like Chicago, it's like okay, there's a million different gay bars in Chicago, but this is the vibe I like. Can you tell me? Okay, do I want to go to this bar or do I want to go to this bar? And same thing, like New York, anywhere you go, like you can read reviews all day long, but the people are going to actually give you a review, especially if you've interacted with them. Yeah. And they can tell you, oh, this is what it's really like. Don't go there. Or this is a great bar for this type of thing. Go there. They've got great music. The drinks are strong here. Like that kind of stuff. If you want to see Brandon strike out, go to the bullet. <laughs> please go to the bullet around 8 a.m., 8 p.m. <laughs> Not 8 a.m., please. I will be in bed. <laughs> No. Uh, now, now that we're finally, you know, we're vaccinated, we're starting to come out and be in public spaces again. What are some of your your goals or your aspirations for this coming year? Uh, well, my first goal is to birth a child because, you know, I've been gestating for the last year and there needs to be <laughs> a up. next Mr. Barrel A. Um, I'm also like seeing what could be done and like everything like that. Mm-hmm. I do want to go for the next bear title, which is bear Ele- or leather bear. Um, and just how, you know, I want to be more able to bring people into things mm-hmm. like that. My, one of my goals has always been to try to bring people places like the area that I live in. Cause I live over on the far West side of the Valley. Not a lot of people know that there's gay bars around there or know what kind of thing so if i get hit up on stuff or you know on a various app be it scruff grinder growler whatever they'll be like oh what do you like to do and it's like okay i i go to the eagle i go to the bullet i go to the eagle 562 and they're like oh i've never been to those and i'm like okay well you know if you want to go as soon as everything opens back up again i'll let you know when i'm going and we can go yeah because i feel a lot of times people are a little bit afraid to go and I, for a minute, like, I was considering naming my, like, pup persona Chiron, who's the ferryman Chiron, Chiron, one of the two. I always get them confused, and it's literally one letter off. Okay. Um, but from Greek mythology, is the ferryman who takes people across the river, you know, into Hades. And I was like, okay, well, I kind of have a lot of people asking me to take them into these spaces for their first time. So I was like, well, that makes sense. And so it's just like, I want to show that this isn't quite so scary as it is. Because mm-hmm. it's definitely a thing where you can work it up in your mind and then you actually actually experience it. Right. And it's just like, oh, that's that's not bad at all. Actually, I kind of enjoyed that. So you want to lead people to have experiences. Right. And just, you know, this thing that we call the leather community from the outside can look very closed. Mm-hmm. And I want to... Just show that this isn't as closed as it is. Sometimes you just need to get a toe, a foot, half your body in the door. Yeah. And the the biggest way to do that is show up. Mm-hmm. 
Like I think most people don't realize the biggest way to do anything or partake in anything new is show up. Right. Because like if you're a good example, because we're both, well, I'm no longer, but you know, we were, we're both musicians. You're not going to perform well if you never rehearse with the people. Yeah. It's like, you've got to show up and just interact, see how everything flows you know, yeah. work things out, see who you work well with, see who you don't work well with, and yeah, actually you have to experience be present. Um, and that's just so interesting because had you not had your first experience be so positive, you might have had like a whole different outlook. I mean, you might not be where you're sitting today. Oh, entirely. I don't think I would have. I don't think I would know half the people I do right now if I hadn't gone that first night. Because mm-hmm. half the people I hang out with now, well, be it virtually or in person, it all stems from the community and it stems from that first night. Well, before we, um, cause I do want to get a little dirty with you. Um, oh, you want to get dirty? <laughs> but before... Listen, I've got a full sink at home. <laughs> before we get there, I'm curious to know as Mr. Bear LA 2020, do you have a message for people listening to your episode right now who maybe were in are in your shoes back when you were you know in 2015 walking into the bar for the first time definitely just do the thing because that's the that's the first step is just do the thing Mm -hmm. like even if you just go to the bar and sit outside in your car questioning whether you actually want to go in or not the first step is get out and go by you can you can see the people walking in and out and you can kind of get a feel Mm-hmm. or go in just do one thing if you're at the if it's a bar event have one drink yeah like because that means you're going to be there at least 10 15 minutes and you can actually get a feel for things if it's a dinner event go use you know i think it's like royal state dinner rules talk to the person on your left for a little bit then you know halfway through talk to the person on your right just be present in the conversation even if you're you don't know the people if they're talking about something you know Chime in, give your opinion. Mm -hmm. Like the the biggest thing is you've just got to do it. (laughs) Not not to quote Shia LaBeouf, but you've got to just do it. (laughs) And also there's always someone there. Like even if you're, you know, to the point where you're scrolling on the apps, like what I always do when I get to a bar is I play, um, I call it find the nearest homo. Just because (laughs) those, if, if, anyone has grinder you, you will know fresh on the grinder and you're like which one's sitting at the bar <laughs> well my favorite thing is to see how inaccurate it is actually okay <laughs> so like um me and Pupstar orion have been going out to the bars for the last couple of weeks now since everything reopened and i introduced him to this game and it's just like we were literally sitting across a table and it said his said i think that we were 32 feet away and mine said 98 yeah so it's like i always want to see how inaccurate it is and it's like you know, you can see who's kind of there. And it's like, oh, you're cute. Hey, this is my first time here. Do you mind if I hang out? Or, you know, do you mind if I come talk to you? Or, you know, have a drink or, you know, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, just do the thing and do at least one thing. Yeah. You know, have a drink. Have a meal. I mean, the worst that can happen is that you have a bad experience and then you realize maybe this isn't the place for, for that I want to come to again. Like, right. Um, and usually we catastrophize things in our head before they even happen. Very true. And also like, don't let distance be a thing. Cause mm-hmm. like a lot of the, the non WeHo type bars, they're more divey type bars are not all in one area in a centrally located place with good yeah. parking. Right. 
I mean, but that's part of the appeal, right? They're off the radar. Right, yeah, because, <laughs> like, I mean, the bullet is, it's on a main street, but parking is shit. Same same kind of and thing. you could miss it very easily if you don't know where it is. Oh, um, entirely. I can't tell you how many times I passed by it the first time I went there. And then now it's just like, okay, well, I know I can park in front of it now, which was nice to know because I didn't know that ahead of, before. Right. Or it's like, okay, pass the bullet, make a U-turn, and you can park across the street. And then same kind of thing with the Eagle. It's like you can pass by the Eagle LA a million times and never know that it's there. Right. So it's just a matter of finding it too. It's like yeah. pick something, find it, go. Because that's that's the biggest thing is just go. Right. You're never going to get over it if you don't do it. Absolutely. Well, I want to take a little pivot here. And uh, well, it's time to get a little bit dirty, David. Are you ready? I mean, I showered before this. So... <laughs> Well, I want to know what some of your kinks are. I mean, are. Are you kinky? See, I think I'm going to be your most vanilla person on here today. Okay. Because my, my other thing with like the leather community is that as a new person coming in, you can kind of get a little dejected if you don't have a laundry list. Okay. Okay. I guess that, you know, I thought I was going to ask you that earlier because there are a lot of people that are into leather or they're into the bear community or they're into whatever, but they may or may not necessarily be kinky. What is the connection with the bear community versus the leather community? Are they one and the same? Are they separate? Are they, what is that dynamic? I I mean, I think if you look at it as a Venn diagram, like all the communities kind of overlap everywhere. Okay. So like you can be a bear without being leather. You can be a bear and be kinky. You can be a bear with being all three. So like Mm -hmm. it's just, it's whatever you are. Because like a lot of there's a lot of leather bear titles out there. There's a lot of bear kink events out there. So it's just it's if there's a niche that you want to fall into, you can fall into it. So you don't have to necessarily be kinky to be leather or to be a bear. Right. Which I think can kind of, you know, like like I said, you can get a little dejected if you're a new person yeah. and you are like a perfect example is the gay social media app Recon. Like if you're especially if you're a young person on Recon. If you don't have a I like fisting and flogging and single tail and piss and this, that, the other thing, like if you don't have a laundry list of what you like, you're like, oh, maybe something's not quite right here. Maybe this isn't for me. Right. But it's also like as a new when you're newer, it's like you need to also be able to experience these things, which it definitely feels like a lot of the older crowd and more of like kind of the old guard system type thing don't necessarily want to help new people learn Mm -hmm. because definitely you can hit someone up and go hey your profile says that you're you know 85 percent active and you enjoy flogging and this that and the other thing i'd be interested in learning this can we set something up and they just kind of go meh yeah not interested or it's like there's stuff that's like like rope bondage for example is definitely one where you kind of need to be trained be trained a little bit because like there's only so much the internet can teach you and like a lot of it's safety stuff but it's like if you're if someone who's been doing it for 20 years doesn't want to interact with someone who's wants to learn then how is anything supposed to get passed on how are new people supposed to come in right so i definitely feel like and like one of my things that when i run for the la leather bear title is one of my platforms will be you can be new. You don't have to say, you know, I like daddies. I like dildos. I like. You have to have yourself figured out. Yeah. You don't have to have an entire rainbow flag of hankies hanging out of your pockets. Yeah. It's 
It's like you can literally just find one thing that you like. It's like, okay, well, I like daddies. So hang out. I really love that you're saying this because I I think, like you said, some people are scared to come in because they're like, well, like I like this, but I don't know if I'm into this or I'm into that or like, and how you're saying it's like, it's okay to be new. But this is the beauty about being in the leather scene or the bear scene or what have you is that you have a chance to now discover yourself. Right. And in a deep way that maybe you haven't had the capability of doing before, like you're now in a community of people that, you know, supposedly are there to support you with that. And unfortunately you are going to meet some people that will get in the way of that. Right. But don't let that deter you because I mean, it's not about them. Right. Right. Yeah. I think just a lot of it, because like there's some things where you definitely, again, you know, there's only so much the internet can teach you. Like if you want to get into fisting, you definitely should not be consulting the internet. You should find someone who actually has been doing this and knows what they're doing. Same right. thing with like sounding or anything that could potentially be harmful. It's like you, there's, you know, you can do so much on the internet, but once you get to a certain point, you need to experience it. Right. There's a difference between, you know, theory and practice. Theory and practice. So, right. I could shoot a three pointer from mid court or whatever, but until I actually do it, like I know how it works. Right. <laughs> Right. It's like I can tie someone up in five different, you know, configurations, but then you actually get to try it. And it's like, oh, I just know how to do the knot. I don't know how to actually incorporate it in, into the thing. Right. Exactly. Or it's like, I know how to, sw- you know, I know how the motions for swinging a flogger, but I don't know anything about the weight at which you need to hit somebody, the speeds right, the or anything contact. like that, because I've never actually done it to somebody. And it's just like you, even if you don't have these lists of things, if it, intrigues you sometimes you feel like you need to put this on your list Mm -hmm. because i know for sure there's well backtracking like my number one pet peeve on all those apps is when they just put into Mm -hmm. and it's like that's the number one way to get no response for me because a i probably put it in my profile and b if you're not going to read that i'm not going to sit here and tell you i'm into something but for a while i was trying to actually respond so I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm into leather and flogging and like I kind of enjoy sounding. That was always one that's like, what's that? <laughs> I love it when people ask me what sounding is. <laughs> oh, that, my my it's always the best reaction because it's like it's the inserting of a metal rod into your urethra. Um, typically, it's medically done for this reason. And they're like, oh, my God. You know, like, I love that reaction, though, because what and then what I love even more is when their first reaction is, oh, shit. That mm. seems really crazy. And then like maybe two days later, like I kind of want to try it. <laughs> right. That or that or I always laugh at the people who are like, oh, shit, this kind of this thing seems really crazy. But then they'll go do something even 10 times crazier. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. No, sounding is a hard limit. But then they're like fisted up to a bicep. <laughs> it's like, OK. OK, so let's talk about this. So do you have any kinks? What are your kinks if you have any? Um, I, uh, well, I like to voyeur and okay, which, yeah, yeah. I, there, sometimes I enjoy being an exhibitionist depends on the location, how many alcohols I've had, that kind of thing. I enjoy learning stuff, mm-hmm. which I don't know if learning is a kink. Um, cause like one of the things I want to try to learn is, uh, shibari and bondage and all that kind of stuff. And I have a shit ton of rope for it cause yeah. I got a ton of it to do this project and it's just kind of sitting there but like it's it's one of those things where it's working with your hands and it's kind of an almost methodical and like 
meditative. Meditative. It's like this meditative yeah. thing to, you know, tie someone up. It's and sort of an stuff. art, isn't it? Right. And you can you can do incredible intricate art with it, too, which is why it's like, I want to try to learn how to do this. Mm-hmm. But it's also like, well, it's a pandemic right now. We're kind of on the tail end of it. We're going to tie up now. Yeah. yeah, it's like, well, how... And, like, one of my friends is... I just found out within like the last year or two, she's into the kink world and is a bondage person. Hmm. So, I mean, she's terrible at responding to anything, but I was just like, hey, you do this stuff. I want to learn. Can you show me some things? And like we sat on FaceTime for like three hours because she's up north. And it was just like it ended up just being mostly catching up with like a couple little lessons thrown in. Yeah. So it's like it'd be nice to be able to now go to th- these things which when they open up it'd be nice to be able to go um to I, I know like all the various dungeons and things have events so i know that it's a possibility to go to these things now but so i mean would you say that one of your goals in this year would be to learn more about these different kinks that you're yeah, interested in definitely um you know as soon as it opens up though the hard thing for me is a lot of events and classes and things are on weekends Mm-hmm. and as part of my vanilla life i work weekends so it just can make it kind of hard to be accessible uh, unfortunately we have to have jobs still right <laughs> yeah that's the other thing is like kink is expensive yeah no is. one ever talks about how expensive like well we all talk about it with each other but right. like it's never an a outwardly expressed thing that kink is expensive well here's the other thing too because we've talked i've talked to many people you know from quote unquote the old guard and mm. uh, who have voice that you know oh leather was passed down or earned or this or that and, and it's like well maybe that's the culture that you grew up in but like when i wanted to get a leather shirt or a leather harness i didn't know anybody in the community so i went out and bought my own harness and that was four hundred dollars and that was a lot of money for me your harness right? was four hundred dollars yeah mr s oh mine was from rough trade it was like two yeah <laughs> but but even still and like yeah. that's very nice that like you pass down your stuff yeah but if not We're, everybody has that connection with somebody. Well, and not even that. It's like, yeah. okay, yes, but all of you fit into this body type. Like mm-hmm. back then, it was more of the outside thing to be a larger person yeah. or to be extremely tall. That's the other like, thing that you that you, that I had never thought of. Like, yeah, okay, you could pass this leather down, but it's not even going to fit me then. Yeah, it's like, well, okay, I can go to maybe these two people and try to butter them up to get something passed down. Right. But it's like, if you're not... And leather is not like a t-shirt where, you know, it can stretch a little bit. Like it, yeah, yeah. it moves, but you're not going to be able to. Yeah, it'll stretch, but it's not going to go 10 sizes yeah. or five sizes. So it's just, or whatever. Yeah, and you can't like, oh, this is something that means a lot to me from this person. It doesn't fit me, but I'm going to upcycle it into this other thing. Right. It's like you kind of have what you have and it's made for this person. Right. So if if you're trying to get something, it's like you kind of have to find the right people to be like, you have stuff that I can borrow <laughs> and then just kind of like work with them and be friends yeah. with them. So that way you can ultimately go, Hey, this fits me that you have. Can I please borrow it? I'll take really good care of it and return it. And you know, you know, all that, or you can pony up all the money for it. Cause right. like good leather is not cheap. Like it definitely is not. I, I miraculously, the biggest piece of leather I own is a kilt. And miraculously, I got it for under under $200. Wow. That's really a great price. Yeah. Now, uh, I do know you are a pup as well. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Kind of like Xander. I kind of uh-huh. discovered it like right at the beginning of the pandemic. Okay. Like to the point where I had ordered my first 
hood for Mr. S and it was supposed to be delivered like the end of March 2020 and then the pandemic hit. <laughs> oh, so wait, how did you discover that for yourself? It it came from, funnily enough, IBC as well. Um, I had interacted with a lot of pups and just it was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was just a lot of like, oh, kind of like bears. They're just goofy. Well, they're just themselves, but you add in an element of kind of goofiness. Okay. I was just like, oh, I'm goofy. Sometimes I need an extra shot of tequila for that, but I'm goofy. And I was just like having a good time with it and hanging out. I'm like, this is something I can get into. So you like like the playfulness of it. Yeah. The way I, because I haven't gone, gotten to do pup events yet because, you know, pandemic. But like the first thing I thought of when I put on my first hood was like, oh, I'm like goofy and doobity-doobity-doo. I'm, I'm a derp. <laughs> like, yeah. That was, it's like, this is what this side is like. And it's definitely kind of like, you know, when you're a kid and you put on a costume and it's just like, oh, this is what this thing feels like. And it's just like, oh, this is what this side feels like. And something to do with like having my face covered helped because I'm always, you know, worried that I'm going to look silly. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, you can't see my face. I'm having fun. Just doop-a-doop-a-doop-a-doop. So it kind of just makes you feel more comfortable being out there and crazy. Yeah, it's just like, I can do whatever. And she's like, yeah, you might know who I am under it, but I'm I'm pretending you can't. So I'm just, it, it's definitely one of those things where when you're super self-conscious and you know that people are watching you, it's like you tend to not do what it is that you're doing. Uh-huh. Whereas if you have some sort of mechanism to pretend that people aren't watching you or know that they're not, it's just like you get to have more fun and loosen up. Are you interested in exploring some of the more sexual aspects of being a pup? I can see it. For me, it's definitely a very more social type thing. Like, I, fo- I follow a lot of pups on Twitter, and there's many, many nice sexual things to watch. But, like, for me, it's a little, like, there can be a sexual aspect to it, but it's a little bit more of, like, a social thing. Because, like, you know, dogs have packs and just in general will tend to be more social and need other people. So it's very much like that. It's like, okay, I enjoy doing this for, again, the kind of like with the bear thing is for the community aspect of it. And you said earlier your pup name was Venture, was it? Venture, yes. Which came up but because at the beginning of the pandemic was trying to figure it out. And just like, okay, need a name, need a name, need a name. And like I said in the interview, like Chiron came up. And I was right. just like, okay, well... Not a lot of people are going to know that. Also, if you just look at Chiron, it looks like Karen. Just, <laughs> you don't want to be a Karen. A yeah, I was like, I don't want to be a pup Karen. <laughs> so I was just like, and like beginning of the pandemic, like March, April, I was very much just kind of going out on what I'd call sanity drives, uh-huh. where I would literally just get in my car and drive around for one or two hours just to be out of the house, usually at night. And go get some food and do nothing. And I would bring my pup hood with me. Yeah. And like I'd put it on and drive it around. And I was calling them pup ventures. Because it's like an adventure with a pup hood. And then like I had an aha moment one time. I was like, oh, that's my name. Wow. It's like, that's how I'm getting this. And now that seems to be what sticks the most to me. That's so awesome. But yeah, I definitely think there's like a don't want to say costume aspect to it but like it's i think definitely with the pup community a lot of it is kind of like leather there's a clothing aspect to it yeah where it's like a lot of the pups their hoods are very personal to them or you can't see this right now because it's 
podcast, but I have on a hat with ears on it. And Which you look so cute and we should take a picture um, <laughs> with on, portrait mode on. But uh, no, I totally get what you're saying. I mean, I've actually heard the argument before from some drag queens that like, there's just another form of drag. And I was like, I never thought of that before. But I mean, if we're looking at it in the terms of like something physical that we put on our bodies puts us in a, a specific headspace, then like right. I could say like, yeah, I can see that. And and from what you're communicating, I, I think you're saying the same thing about your kind of pupphood. Right. And like the 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 same thing can be said for any time you dress up, because mm-hmm. as much as people want to say, oh, I'm the same person when I'm in my human side versus when I'm in my pup side, when I'm in drag versus out of drag, in leather, out of leather, there it does something. Yeah. Whether it amplifies you, it makes you louder, or it's a different personality entirely, it's always something clicks because you feel more comfortable. Yeah. Like I know one of me and my friends went to drag con one year and we decided to go in drag because God knows why, but I was the most obnoxious person in the world. And the only thing that changed was I had on a wig and makeup. Mm-hmm. Well, and a dress and heels. But literally, it was just, I turned into the most obnoxious bitch ever. <laughs> but it helped you to transform. Right, yeah, because a lot of it's just the transformation property of it. Just... I get that. I mean, we can see that in, in many aspects of our lives. I mean, during quarantine, I remember some days just putting on like a shirt and tie because it was like a work day. I wasn't mm. going to see anybody over Zoom or anything, but like I had shit to do. And it just made me feel like, okay, work mode. Yeah, like. exactly. It's, it, it's like when you're. It's like when people work out. It's like you yeah. put on workout clothes. It's like workout mode. You right. put on work clothes. Work mode. Bed right. clothes. Bed mode. Condom. Sex mode. <laughs> if you get into condoms. We can, yeah, you might have triggered a few people. <laughs> Trigger warning. Condoms. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. You know I love to ask, and hopefully you have one of these stories to share with me. Um, kinks gone wrong. Yes, I have one. Ooh, yay! Now this happened again in the great before time, <laughs> um, but also like right when I started messaging people on apps and being a little hoe, I messaged this guy on Scruff, and there was something in his profile that seemed interesting. So I'm just like, hey, this seems interesting. Yada, yada, yada. I'd love to learn more about this. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, And I think he splits time between like here and Palm Springs, which shocker, older gay guy splits time between LA and Palm Springs. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, you know, message him. He's like, oh, I'll be in LA for, you know, this amount of time. Actually, not too far away from here. Um, You you know, you can come to my hotel room. We'll go get dinner, talk about these things, yada, yada. And so I go meet him at this hotel and then... We go get dinner at Pizza Rev. By the way, I hate Pizza Rev. I love <laughs> and it's Pizza not, Rev. No, I... They closed all their stores that are in quarantine. Yeah, go to Pyology or Mod Pizza. It's better. <laughs> um, but anyway, so we go to get pizza. We come back and he's like, oh, what do you want to do? And I'm like... And he throws out the the option of going to the Eagle or going to the Bullet. And at the time, I still had not done anything near that. And I think I was just like maybe 22 or 23. So I'm like, oh, you know what? Those things, those places kind of scare me right now. Let's just hang out here. And I forget what exactly I wanted to pick his brain about, but it was something gear related. And so we get up to his room, you know, I pick his brain a little bit and then we kind of start to interact and there's some heavy petting going on. And I guess he's a leather sir of some type. So we both end up naked as one does on the bed. Oh my God. And he has those... The sharper image, like single thingy back massagers. Okay. It's basically like a club looking handle with like a red dot on the end. That's supposed to be like a point 
like pre the 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 theraguns now like okay. almost like that and he has those and like one with like this little four prong thing on it and so like we're hanging out we're both jerking off he puts that on my dick and then he you know i thought he just wanted me to come closer and so he puts his arm around me and then out of nowhere he clamps his hand down on my face and nose like cutting off my air oh not my telling God. me yeah we had not discussed this at all how, how would you know that he wasn't trying to kill you at yeah that exactly i was just like what is like pulled his hand away i'm like no 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 he's like no no no, it's okay it's okay see i didn't you know nothing bad will happen and like tr- goes to do it again and i'm just like don't freak out don't freak out like trying to oh my god and it was just totally like not a good time <laughs> and then wow. we come and i'm just like Hanging out for a little bit, hanging out for a little now bit. Now it's awkward. It well, and like Golden Girls was on and he was smoking weed. So it was just like, <laughs> okay, we'll watch an episode or two of Golden Girls. And then it's like, you know what? I need to go home. I've got work in the morning. And then it was just like, oh my God, this happened. And I was messaged one of my friends that I had met on Scruff and was just like, oh my God, I need to talk to somebody about this. And was just like, this happened. I feel horrible and like yeah not like violated but it was just like i am on such an anxiety high right now and then it was just like i had enough time on my drive home to calm down but i was just like i'm never doing that again so unexpected breath play is not a fun thing so i i'll, I'll quote um mistress melissa who's come on the show before who said consent is sexy right had you discussed this possibility nope. that could have been a great experience right i mean i mean if you're into that i breath play for me is a no like right. I'm, I'm just like i mean had it not come as a surprise though and you had agreed to exploring that it would have been a totally different experience for right you. yeah had it not been had it not just come out of nowhere and like triggered an ending you know panic like it, right i wouldn't even like it triggered panic you don't know who this person is yeah it's like this is the first time i've met you and you're now deciding to do breath play with me and it's like yeah i don't know I'm in the middle of Burbank and this was before we could share our locations with a million different people. Yeah. And it's like, I could die and no one would know. <laughs> it's like Now, what did you, I mean, for yourself, what did you learn from that experience going forward? Uh, ask questions and say a lot more ahead of time of like, do not do this. Like, yeah. but I think it also kind of scared me away from kink for a little bit because mm. it was just like, oh, is this going to happen every time? Or, like, is this kind of thing where it's, like... Is this normal? Yeah, it's, like, yeah. is this normal to not talk about these kind of things? And also, I think it kind of scared... Not scared me, but, like, pushed me away a little bit from, like, older men. Okay. Because I think he was, like, 67 at the time or something. Yeah. Which I I use that number as kind of, like, a ha-ha to my friends. It's, like, what's your oldest person? Like, 67? <laughs> yeah. I'm just, like... I mean, and let this be a message to people out there who don't want to go through the process of getting informed consent from somebody, you could push someone away from exploring kink and being a part of this beautiful community from one bad experience like that. Like, you know, you had the ability and the, you know, whatever you had in you to come back, but many people probably would have walked away from that experience and never come back. Oh, definitely. For sure. You know, Going forward, I mean... Um... Well, now I know a lot better. And it's also, I think, also to kind of spin that to a positive. Yeah. So I think part of one of the, what a, what that kind of did to me, like I said, it kind of scared me away from kink, kind of scared me away from older gays. 
Um, and like, it just also put very bad connotations of like, okay, daddy means older kind of thing. Yeah. And so it's, it kind of like put that in there. And then I was very much against the whole, and I'm spinning this to a complete other direction to try to make it a little bit nicer. Um, but it kind of put this whole negative daddy thing in my head mm-hmm. of like, I don't have any daddy problems. This is, you know, this is what I associate with it. And it was just like, for the longest time, I cringed at the phrase, like anytime someone wanted to try calling me daddy. And even as a joke, I'm like, nope, you just, that's not, yeah. The boner is gone. Um, but then I, uh, at IBC in 2020, like right before the pandemic, like I ended up going to CCBC, which if you are not aware of what that is, it is um, the shortened name of the Cathedral City Boys Club, which is a, I believe, male only um, clothing optional resort in Cathedral City, which is just like right next to Palm Springs. Oh, I do um, And so there's a, there, this event called IBC, which is International Bear Convergence which is basically just a big weekend of bear pool parties and events and whatnot. And I just happened to meet this trio and one of them was an older gentleman. And like, it was just a good experience of we were all interacting because everyone was naked. And like, all he did was like hug me. Granted, I was jerking off his partner, but it's just like, (laughs) it was a hug and like just a warm feeling. Yeah while these things are happening it was like oh this is what that is and also like i had recently broken up with my boyfriend at that point so i was like still in a vulnerable space in a vulnerable space because like i don't process trauma very well and it was just like oh i can relax and like not all you know there's this is what this thing is about it's like this is what this particular kink is about it's like it's having a person there and like having you know, a figure and someone to just be that. And I was just like, oh, I get this now. Yeah, this is what it's supposed to feel like. Right. And then afterwards, I went up, like, as I was on my way out, I went up and was like, I just need to say thank you. <laughs> like, you don't need to know why, but just thank you. I mean, sometimes it can be the smallest experiences. I mean, like I said, to bring it full circle, one of my favorite most memorable nights out at a leather bar was at your competition. And I, it was not sexual for me that night. I just mm-hmm. remember it so distinctly because of the energy that was there. I'll never forget it. There was like this sense of camaraderie that I just, you rarely feel anywhere else, you right. know? So, I mean, I think that at the end of the day is what makes the leather community and the bear community and like this, you know, all of us coming together, such a beautiful thing that's so unique to, you know, anywhere else right it's just about being a community just being no matter what you look like what your identifiers are and i know that there's issues that we all need to work through as far as the community goes but it's just find your finding your pocket of people yeah and you like you said and you can be you yeah it's just you can be whatever you want if you want to be you know a masculine machismo tama finland leather guy have fun if you want to be a blouse have fun if you want to wear three inch heels and, you know, a full bluff leather, I'm not sure the bluff people will enjoy the heels, but go <laughs> have fun. Yeah. Do whatever you want. If you want to go to a bear event and you're, you know, 120 pounds soaking wet, yeah. go have fun. Some of them will think they'll break you. They probably will, but you will still have a good time. <laughs> and there is usually good food. I love it. I love it. Well, how can we stay connected with you, David? How can we reach out? Um, so on Facebook, I am David Bear, David like David and Bear like the animal. 
Uh, I find it's easiest to put your name in an identifier. That way it's hard to forget you. Okay. Um, if you want to find me on Instagram, uh, my account there is private just because I like to be a private person. But it's, um, like I said in the beginning, depending on what app you know me on, my name is some combination of Cub Pidgeotto. Uh, so it's going to, my Instagram handle is uh, CBPG. So the letter C, letter B, letter P, letter G, underscore, and then O-T-T-O. Because for some reason, I thought I was going to get popular and I didn't want to have something that might be trademarked as my uh, actual name. I got it. <laughs> um, but yeah, those are the two easiest places to find me. Um, I'm at the bullet like two or three times a week now just because I want to get out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> also, I enjoy playing Brandon Watch 2K21. <laughs> By the way, Pupstar Ryan, I'm sure we will go this week. <laughs> well, I was going to go late at, right after this interview. If you want to join me, you can see me strike out again. Oh, um, you've already got trade lined up. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, before we go, David, do you have any last words for our audience? Um, let's see. Last words. Last words. Take your Gazebo. time. Potato. <laughs> no, not like that. Boom mic. I think I enjoyed my last words. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I have to. I have to joke with everything. You crack me up. I mean, like, like I said in the interview, do the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it just if you're a fan of the Legend of Korra, Julie, do the thing. Put your toe in. That's all you got to do. That's how you started swimming. Put your toe in the water. Well, thank you again for coming on the show. And before we go, you guys, don't forget to check out the many outreach programs we have available to us here in the Los Angeles area. The LELC Cares and Boulevard Pantry are always you can get assistance during these trying times of COVID-19. I will, of course, have links in the description below. As always, you can find me on Instagram and Patreon as Leather Talk Mr. Bullet and Twitter as Brandon Bullet LA. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay kinky.